Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artist thinkers. Great to have you with us. Hi, this is Tracy Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I am so happy to welcome you to the show. We have a great show lined up for you today. And I really want to say I'm grateful and humbled that so many people are listening into the show, both live and on the archive. So thanks for tuning in. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-36052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. Email me in between shows if you want to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest that you can see that you see is coming on later in the um, the show. You can reach me at Tracy at TracyLSlatten.com, and Tracy is spelled T-R-A-C-I. In the coming weeks, we have some great guests are coming on. Next week on July 16th at 1 p.m., artist and all-around Renaissance man Jerry Linus will be on talking about art and books and life. On Wednesday, July 22nd at noon, 21st century troubadour Gideon Irving will be on talking about stovetop folk music, and you have to listen in to find out what that is. The show airs at a special day and time, Wednesday at noon, because Thursday the 23rd is my birthday. So I'm going to take that day off to eat chocolate and do stuff like that. Then on Thursday, July 30th, mezzo-soprano opera star Elizabeth Deshong will be on at 1 p.m. So excited to have her. And on August 6th, Dr. Bruce Cole, a senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., will talk about art and architecture in our country's most public venues and our country's heritage of art. Very cool. So tune in and keep checking the website, independentartistthinkers.com, and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on this show. I am so delighted today to have someone extraordinarily special on, Camilla Sutton, one of my favorite people and a woman of exceptional talent and wisdom, is here, and I'm so happy. I'm so delighted and honored to have her on my show. And even before we start talking, I want to mention her website right now for listeners, and that's comilla.com. K-O-M-I-L-L-A dot com. Camilla Sutton is one of the pioneers of Vedic astrology in the West. 
She is the founder of the British Association of Vedic Astrology. She was on the faculty of the American College of Vedic Astrology and the Council of Astrological Association of Great Britain. She was awarded the Jyotish and I'm going to mispronounce it, Vakaspati, from the Indian Council of Astrology in recognition for her work in Jyotish. And Jyotish, for people who don't know, is the science of light. Isn't that beautiful? Her life work is to make this ancient knowledge more accessible and to build bridges between the East and the West. And I just love that. She has been leading trips to India since 1999, and from 2013 she is sponsoring annual Vedic astrology conferences with the aim to promote a new generation of Jyotish masters and to encourage their interaction with seasoned masters of Jyotish knowledge. She has several books. They're fabulous. They are great. Um, One of them is The Nakshatras, Stars Beyond the Zodiac. Uh, Another one's Personal Panchanga. One of my favorites is The Essentials of Vedic Astrology, and another one is Lunar Nodes, Crisis, and Redemption, and Vedic Love Signs and Vedic Astrology. So, Camilla, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Tracy. It is a great joy to be here. Well, I'm so happy you're here, so thank you for coming on. And, you know, I've been talking to you about Vedic Astrology for a long time now. I don't know. um, You've been doing readings for me for, what, 15 years? That's right. <laughs> it's long. So I, yeah. used to, I used to study Western astrology, and but I've always been fascinated by how accurate Vedic astrology is. I mean, the timing of events in Vedic astrology is very, very precise, like eerie, scary precise. So I'd love to hear why that's so. But first, what I'd really like to do is start with your background. And um, so start off with how you became your how you began your journey and what it has taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently. What training do you have and when did you know you were going to be involved with astrology? What did you think you would be? So start with your childhood, your early career, and just um, start young and lead up to now. Okay, so I was born in India uh, many, many years ago, and uh, I... Um, my family has uh, no history with astrology as such, so I was not, uh, um, I mean, there was never any idea that I would be doing astrology. Um, but I, I I was born in independent India. It had, uh, so there was a lot of idealism and interest in uh, Indian uh, philosophy and high ideas all through my school when um, I studied in New Delhi. And many of the great masters, you know, spiritual masters and great teachers and thinkers of our times when I was growing up, including uh, people who became later very successful in uh, their parts of life as well, you know, including the prime ministers of India and all. They all came to our school to teach teach us or to give us these special classes. So I think it was a very inspirational education. And uh, I was uh, a good student. And when I finished my uh, schooling, I uh, passed um, number five in India. So it was pretty uh, good. And um, so everything was sort of seen that um, education will be where I will go, and I joined uh, university, but I never finished my um, university. I, I was doing economics. Uh, wow. But then, um, yeah, but then, you but know, you, I kind you, of got... Hmm? 
that that means you have a good right. mind for math, which I think you need a good mi- math mind for astrology, especially Vedic astrology, don't you think? Yeah, you do need a good math mind. I think you did need it before when you had to construct the chart yourself. You know, you had to write, do it. But you still need, you know, that ability to understand, uh, uh, you know, what numbers are and what the technology behind it is or the technical information. So um, all this was in Delhi, and but um, I had this, Suddenly, I had this idea that I wanted to be uh, uh, to work in films, and uh, if you know anything about India, Bollywood is a big uh, kind of uh, interest there. Bollywood is like Hollywood, and it has a great following, and we make like I, over five hundred films a year. I think there's more and more of a following in the United States, also. I mean, I think there's sort of a, a fondness for Bollywood films that's spreading, don't you think? Uh, yes, there, there, there is a lot of following here. There are a lot of people from Indian origin here, but people are just fascinated by uh, it's, uh, this genre, really. But um, uh, so I, uh, you know, decided that I was going to give up my education and um, go to Mumbai, where Bollywood is. Uh, it's the Los Angeles of India, where all the films are made, and uh, try my luck at it. And uh, so, um, so in a way, I, one could say I was looking for the stars, but in the wrong kind of stars. <laughs> Camilla, finally, I, I I once googled yeah. around and I found a picture of you from your Bollywood days. That was a pretty hot picture. Yeah. So yes, it was, <laughs> you know, but I had no training or no knowledge of what to do with Bollywood, really. So I went with the kind of, I suppose, millions who aspire to do something. And uh, I didn't think I needed to, uh, you know, do a course or anything. I just thought I was just going to go there and wow them and I would become a star. And uh, so I went to Mumbai and um, uh, before I went into films, I got, it was, uh, the film industry in India has always been quite, strong but the modeling industry was still fledgling and I started modeling I was quite well known as a model I did a lot of big campaigns and through that um, I also went for a beauty contest and I was crowned the Miss Bombay and the Wait, that's so, what year? Uh, oh it was in the 70s quite long ago and so cool. uh, then uh, the 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 main judge for that contest was a guy, very well-known film director called Devanand. He was an actor, director, and next day he offered me a part in his films. So that was really, I'd, I was already working in another film, but his was the kind of big opportunity uh, that uh, I got. I got right at the, you know, a, a big super movie. And uh, I was in, in films, and then I uh, did many films. But I don't think when I look back at it, that was really my forte. <laughs> well, did you, were you I got, enjoying yourself? 
I think so, yes. I had a great time. I was very well known. I had a lot of, um, I did a lot of films. I knew a lot. I mean, I was in it for 12 years. So, um, but I was not successful. I was well known. I had, I knew everybody, but I felt that I was not doing something. I was not happy with myself. I was not confident because, you know, one part of being in the films is it's a, um, you know, industry of um, promises and illusion. In India, they call it the world of illusions. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what is real, what is unreal. And uh, so in trying to find myself, one day one of my uh, friends said that I've been, uh, you know, he was a, a Sanskrit scholar and a very high-flown uh, thinker. And he said, oh, I will look at your chart from a Jyotish point of view. And I I told him, oh, I don't believe in all this because every time (laughs) people had seen my chart, they've given me some bad news, you know. So he said, no, you know. Um, So anyway, because I was uh, so unsure and, you know, feeling that I'd been doing this, but I hadn't reached anywhere, um, then I... uh, when he saw, he looked at my chart, he looked at it from a, a highly spiritual point of view, and he um, spoke certain real words of wisdom to me, and I was, I would say, in love with the subject. It was almost instant. I wanted to know more about astrology. So as I was saying, that I thought I was looking for the wrong stars. I was looking mm. for the film film. Uh, acting stars as I was really meant to look at the uh, stars of the sky and uh, I was just so in love I started looking at my chart I started studying with him uh, only for personal self-development it wasn't for the path of uh, uh, you know higher knowledge but one of the things that he said very profound of which has come true he said to me Komela you're going to write some books and you're going to be very famous writing books. <laughs> and I said, no way, because I not I was intelligent, but I hadn't applied my intelligence in the sense that I was doing films and, you know, just being young and having fun. Mm-hmm. But not really kind of, um, uh, you know, thinking intellectually at all. And, um, and he looked at it. He looked a bit surprised. He looked at me and uh, he said that. And... Um, so, you know, he said it's, uh, but obviously we were looking at the point of view that I was in Bollywood, I was in Mumbai. So sometimes, you know, we can't, even as an astrologer, you can't see what what other options are available. Uh, so uh, that was like the start of my kind of journey into self-knowledge. And that is what I feel is the main, most important aspect of uh, knowing uh, Jyotish or Vedic astrology as it's known in the West, is to understand myself because before I could do anything with my life, I had to understand who I was, what are the things I brought into this life, how I had to deal with it. And uh, with that, I realized that uh, maybe I had to move on and um, you know, leave uh, Bollywood. And uh, so I was quite 
um, strong. One day I decided that I had an opportunity to go to London and UK. And uh, I decided to take that and I moved to UK. And uh, I, uh, you know, just uh, gave up everything. I, I had just, a just one day. small home in no, well, maybe it was. It seemed like one day I thought I was doing it, but maybe it took some time. But was that was, uh, because, was that related uh, to your studies of astrology? No, it was not related, or I don't think I connected those two things together. It was related to the fact that I had, I suppose, I'd been in Bollywood for many years. I had achieved whatever I could achieve, or not achieve in the sense and. Uh, while in Bollywood, one of the biggest problems, and which may be people, when they are so passionate about something, they don't realize that they have done something quite significant. But while I was doing and I was there, uh, because the goalpost was so high, everybody was expecting you to be like a superstar. And that was the rating that, say, if you were an Angelina Jolie or a Meryl Streep, only then you were successful. Anything below that was not successful. And also, I was at a time when it was very much a golden period for Bollywood films. We had no television in India. So there was only the choice of being either in the films or not. So I had felt that, I, you know, there was kind of nothing um, there was that I needed to change. So, uh, and the other thing I felt was in India, everybody knew me because I was quite famous and well-known. So I needed to move out somewhere where people didn't know me. So that was what, you know, and it worked out for me. So I moved to UK and um, I, because I've never really worked for anybody else, I've never, so I um, I thought I'd do business there. So I was doing um uh, I moved to London, which was very exciting, very different from being in Bollywood, because in Bollywood you're all personally involved and you're, you know, everything is insecure when and not your life is not under your own charge, even though you think you are handling it, because everything depends on what work you do, how much people like you, and you know, all sorts of other factors. Mm-hmm. So London was very inspirational. It was. Uh, great place for an independent woman like I was because you see uh, uh, I'm born in India but I don't I'm very unconventional that way I'm very modern and um, independent uh, so um, that I felt that was uh, you know I understood myself better and understood actually uh, India better so from a distance then I started I kept touch with my astrology and my teacher who I call my guru, and I would um, call him. Those days, you know, even telephone was difficult. One had to write letters, snail mail letters. (laughs) (laughs) It was early 80s, and I moved uh, to the UK. It was a very good time, although I, I was no good at business. And so I was not doing very well at business, because that's not my forte. Well, you know, yeah, I have a, so Camilla, I have a question yeah. I wrote down later, which we should get to not yet, but it's talk about being a businesswoman while also being a mystic, because I think now you have a really good business model. But anyway, so in the UK, were you studying astrology? 
No, I was I was studying all the time because it was my personal study. I would read books and things like that. I didn't have any specific teacher. I'm very much self-taught. My first teacher was the one who was in India, who I learned at a very different level, you know, high level of philosophical astrology. But in UK, I did business, which I also I didn't do well. So the two things, you know, the first, Part of my life, I did my films, which I felt I didn't do well. But uh, I did uh, business in UK, which I wasn't. It was okay. I earned some money, but it wasn't really uh, anything uh, good. But uh, so, I was very uncomfortable uncom- doing business because I'm more artistic and mystical person, and uh, that was kind of just trying to get the numbers right, and all were not so good. Well, let me ask you, what in you, what in your character gives you the strength to be so unconventional for an Indian woman and to be so independent and to go first from India, well, first from your home to Bollywood, then from India to the UK, and now you live in the US? So what in you allows for that? I don't know. Maybe I was just, um, I think it is very much to do with strong women in my family. My mother is very strong and um she was a businesswoman and uh, artistic person herself she was an interior designer and she taught um, you know creativity and then her mother was very strong and i think uh, my my mom um because when she was young she had to uh, face the independence of india and a lot of loss and everything uh, that she felt that I should have the opportunity to do what I felt like. So she encouraged me to be independent and to do things, in my, you know, so that I... That's a that's uh, wonderful gift know. she gave you with that kind of encouragement. Yeah. yeah. And then my grandmother also was very strong and quite a pioneering independent lady, although she had a conventional marriage, uh, you know. But So I think there was a thing, but it was my mom who was, supporting me to follow my dream rather than, you know, just get, uh, do what majority of people do, get married, have children. Um, and not that that's a bad option, but that was not the right one for me. Mm-hmm. And then coming to UK, uh, you know, I think that um, it was just um, a very uh, good step, I think, even though my work wasn't uh, correct, and it wasn't correct because I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. And uh, so I kept on studying, and I would look at people's charts, or I would uh, ask my teacher to look at their chart and be involved in that situation. And so, so often people said, you know, don't. What is there in astrology for you? But I was always myself following astrology, and I think that has been my very good point because. I have personal kind of belief in it and personal experience of, you know, how good it is to consciously look at the effect of the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, uh, you know, there were just, uh, I think the time, uh, it was almost 90s when uh, I had moved out of London and moved to a, a, a small village, a small town in um, UK called Romji and I was uh, running a business still and one um, a lady came into my shop and she said 
we started discussing astrology and she said she's a Western astrologer. And uh, she said, oh, you know, we have a, a meeting group in uh, Southampton and would you like to go? So I went there. And they were all discussing Western astrology and they were not really interested in Vedic. They were actually, you know, but they were all very welcoming to me. So I started attending those classes and um, so I would, listen to what the, the speakers would say and uh, part of it they asked me that uh, would I like to go to the conference of uh, Western astrology so I said yes because mm-hmm. you know that was my deep interest so I went to the um, Western Astrology Astrological Association of Great Britain conference and uh, I went to um <clears throat> When there, it's a weekend, they've been doing it since the 50s, I think, now there. And uh, that was a very great experience because their first time, I met people who were very keen to know what I was doing and my astrology or Indian astrology. Mm-hmm. And there was a great interest, with, especially with the teachers who were teaching there. They all wanted to know. Well, and wanted to talk Camilla? to me. And, mm-hmm, so yes. tell us, what is the difference between Vedic astrology and Western astrology? Can you just clarify it for listeners? Well, the difference is, uh, you know, I would say it's the approach. Uh, secondly, the technical factor that uh, the um, uh, Western astrology looks at the tropical zodiac, which is the, um, you know, the sun's relationship with the four important points of um, you know, the equinoxes and the solstices. And uh, we look at the sidereal zodiac, which is the relationship to the stars. But I would say the main difference, two main differences are, so the the positions of the planets may differ slightly in between Western and Vedic. There's at it's about 23 degrees, of, right? Yeah, about 24 by now. But there's a difference. But I, I feel that the main difference is how we look at the chart. Uh, the Indian astrology is uh, very ancient, and so is Western astrology. But because uh, the uh, Vedic astrology has been for uh, was an oral tradition taught from uh, father to ch- a child, from teacher to student, uh, you know, it's it continued evolving and moving on. Whereas a lot of the information regarding Western astrology got burnt in Europe during the uh, Reformation period and during those times, so you know a lot of information got um, got missing. And uh, Western astrology has also moved a lot towards psychological aspects and things. So Vedic astrology keeps the tradition of uh, practical and spiritual, both how to combine the two together. So I think it's the part of the, um, you know, it's it's a deep cultural roots. And so I would say it's looking at the same planets and the sky and the stars, but with a different point of view. So, so there's what, both of them. Yeah. What makes Vedic astrology so accurate in terms of timing? Because... I started, you know, I used to 
study Western astrology, and now I read everything I can about Vedic astrology, and I like Western astrology because it is very psychological, but the Vedic astrology, mm-hmm. the timing, when I went through mm-hmm. my first few readings, the timing of, um, of you and some of the other astrologers I've talked to would say, well, this must have happened, this must have happened, this must have happened on these specific dates, and the accuracy was truly mind-boggling. So what makes it so accurate that way in terms of timing? So I think that we, we have so many techniques and great emphasis on precision of timing. Uh, you know, uh, so we have the t- technique of the Dasha system, we have the technique of uh, watching the transits in a certain way and paying attention to it, you know, that. Uh, uh, quite often in uh, Western astrology, the the transits. Are, I mean, I'm no expert on Western astrology, but you know, I know a lot of my friends are Western astrologers as well, and people I've known for years. But I think they they pay emphasis like to transits of Uranus, Pluto, Neptune, which are much longer term transits. We take attention to even Moon's transit, which is only uh, you know daily changing. Um, so, you know, the, therefore the precision is, is different. And I would say the focus is different because we are, it's very important to get the time right because every soul is living through a certain time period. So they need to know what is happening so that they can do something about it. Right. It's, there's the Dasha system mm-hmm. that, the, that Vedic astrology has yeah. that the Western system doesn't. Can you sort of describe the Dasha system? Uh, Dasha system is decided from the placement of the moon at your birth chart. And it is the unfolding of the consciousness and unfolding of what you're going to experience during this life. And that is the most brilliant system. Uh, Each time you have a particular Dasha that is ruled by a planet. And then there are five, uh, you know, there are five levels of energy that you're experiencing. And all is connected to time. So you can look at precise daily, weekly, monthly, yearly aspects, but they all combine together. So the thing of an expert Vedic astrologist, they know how to study that and how it affects you. So each person has a different pattern, and that pattern keeps on shifting and changing. So the pattern is there, but how to interpret is the key. That's what we learn. Uh, well, I, I know that I was in a moon period, which I think was 10 years, and then within mm-hmm. I shifted into the Mars period, and I think within a week of being in the Mars period, I met the man who became my second husband. And, um, you know, it was pretty, we both sort of knew right away, although we didn't act on it for a few months, yeah. but it was like the starting, the end of moon and starting of Mars was dramatic for me, yeah. very close to the date that my Vedic chart says I shift. Yeah, so that is the main thing. You know, when your timing dasha shifts, then your life is going to take a big turn. So like in your case, you change moon to Mars, and Mars was directly related to you that there was possibility of meeting somebody. Uh, And so, you know, that's what... that's what these dashas are also about, that suddenly the dasha changes and you are in a different frame of mind. Your whole attitude to life changes. And, uh, you know, so therefore, you know, it can bring a new relationship. It can end an old one, you know, career, job, life, everything shifts. So 
a part of the, the uh, you know study of the dasha system is a, a very good uh, way to understand the time you live in well you always tell me when we talk that if i know it's going to rain i should carry an umbrella which i think is a wonderful way to look at astrology but how should people mm-hmm. if they talk to um an astrologer a vedic astrologer and they know they're in a dasha that's difficult how should they handle it you know, I think that the main thing is that uh, you need to handle it uh, knowing that it is a difficult period. You know, that's the main thing. A lot of us, we feel that every time we must have opportunity and we must be uh, doing things. In fact, this weekend I had a very interesting experience. I was um, uh, coming back from, um, you know, the Sierras, coming back to San Francisco and I was stuck in a traffic jam and uh, I have this new app which tells me that how long the traffic jam is and where does it finish and well, in I California that's a necessity <laughs> yeah so I was just stuck and I could do nothing and then I was thinking oh that's like a Saturn transit if you're stuck sometimes you just can't do anything about it but you can maybe you know I was in my car so I could listen to music I could you know, maybe these days you can call somebody, you can talk, you can do something, but some things you can't do because you're just stuck in a traffic jam. So, um, you know, astrology gives you an idea how long that is going to be. So it's just like an app that you can, you know, see that, okay, this will be there. I could see that, that, you know, the traffic was two miles and it was moving like at five miles an hour. But then it released and it went 45 and then the so when you so, see this aspect in your life that you are in a difficult transit or a difficult dasha, then you have to somehow talk to yourself that that is the reality of today and patience and waiting for things will improve uh, your life. So I think the main thing is men, you know, mentally accepting and working with your planet. So Vedic astrology, you're comparing it to an app for negotiating your life through time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Camilla. So So, it is like uh, we should look at it in in a more modern context. (laughs) Well, that's that's great. It's that um, evolution that makes it relevant. When was the moment you knew you were going to be a Vedic astrologer, that it was going to be your livelihood and your life? Was there a specific moment when the light bulb went on over your head? Uh, it was, uh, in a way, it was and it wasn't. You know, what happened, I I started uh, doing consultations for people. I started, uh, you know, working more seriously in the sense uh, of, um, and, then I decided that I'm going to give up my business and go totally into uh, consulting and doing astrology. And I uh, told people that, you know, you can have a consultation with me to this period uh, while it's free, and after that I will start charging for it. So I I given myself about, you know, once I decided that I'm going to do it about six months. And then um, it is now, I think, um, this is my 20th year of being a full-time astrologer. And it's the wow. best thing I ever did uh, because, uh, you know, I 
then put in my uh, skills of um, uh, 2016 will be fully, I think 96 I started full-time astrology, maybe 95. So it's a bit, I think, 25 years, um, 20 years, sorry. What does it take to be a successful Vedic astrologer, and how have you had to think outside the box? And from your personal Mm -hmm. perspective, what would you notice the most important elements of being an astrologer? I think for me the most important element was that I it was I was totally involved with it, and uh, my motivation was to be to uh, talk about my subject, to do the consultation. The motivation was never uh, money or success. It wasn't that I wanted to be. It was when I did it. It was such an oddball subject. My family all said, "Why don't I get a proper job?" <laughs> what is this? What is this? It's not a job. <laughs> you know? uh, where you know? Where am I going to earn my living? But I, you know, I was totally dedicated to it. Uh, I uh, went all over UK. In, in UK, they have something. They have uh, groups and organizations that um, meet and talk astrology. They they call them groups, and you can go and talk to them. And so. Uh, I would drive many miles and go and lecture on Vedic astrology to them. Uh, if people asked me to come, I would go and speak on my subject. And and uh, I think that uh, then I realized that a lot of people didn't know uh, what I was doing or what Vedic astrology was. So then I thought, oh, I have to teach it. So then I started doing classes and I used to uh, drive almost two and a half hours every um, Monday to teach in London because that's how far I lived. And, you know, one way and then come back. And uh, I would do that. I did, uh, you know, that is what I teach still today, uh, a version of that course, which I teach online. But I started teaching then, you know, then I had a lot of interest. Uh, Many of the Western astrologers studied with me. Uh, many people studied, and um, I got invited to speak at the Astrological Association conference. And you know, then I uh, so it was. I think it was a real love of my life, and I did. Uh, I was totally dedicated to it. So at that stage, I was not thinking that I'm uh, going to be. Um, it was not about success or money because obviously uh, you're not um, just wanting that it paid my bills. So I simplified my life so that I didn't uh, have that much need for money so that I could be an astrologer. So and, you're talking uh, about so, a complete commitment. It took your complete commitment and dedication and you were interested, yeah. you were committed to the process and you weren't mainly mm-hmm. focused on money and success. Yeah, but I think that two things that really helped me in my uh, success uh, with astrology was the fact that I had been in Bollywood and the fact that I'd been a business person <laughs> because I was unsuccessful at both. But I, I had good presentation skills. I knew how to talk. I, you know, uh, So when I was talking my subject I loved, I did it very well. And then I, I've always felt that I should be professional in my work. 
a lot of people doing mystical things. They uh, are very talented, very nice, but they don't, you know, uh, don't have their cards together. They don't have the skills of reaching on time, being late, or, uh, you know, all sorts of things, you know, one needs to have, like, reach on time, be there, uh, be committed. When I was lecturing, I would take the notes. I would also put my email there so that people knew how to connect with me. This was pre-email time, so my address and phone mm-hmm. number. Uh, and so I think that those things really helped me, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I had asked you earlier about being a businesswoman while also being a mystic, and you're talking about being professional and being polished and being poised in front of people and sort of knowing how to do presentations. Hmm. So that was my way my business helped, you know. That's what I'm uh, thing that my, you know, I did almost 12 years of business, which, you know, it was a struggle all the 12 years. It was just barely uh, surviving. And then, but with the astrology, I, um, you know, I, I just had a professional attitude to it. Uh, you know, I was also very particular because it's very easy in a, a forum, you know, people in mystical things to uh, forget about this. I put my business on some very strong ethical principles. I'm charging what I'm charging for. I'm not going to try to manipulate people. I'm going to be very conscious of the truth in my work. So that those things are always followed, you know. With uh, even you, I've been um, with you for many, many years because that that was always very important. Well, you're and, extremely but, honorable. Yeah. You know, in my experience, you're extremely honorable. You you know your stuff, and um, I love your. I've taken a number of your webinars. They're wonderful. I always feel like I've learned something. Your books are great. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think so you I think have. So I, I set up a, some idea what I was doing, and I was following that. And, uh, you know, earning is important because we have to live, but that was not the main thing that, uh, you know, I'm going to sacrifice my principles for money or for anything. Uh, so that but that is still important so that, uh, you know, if you can't earn, then you can't survive. So um, Right, you're talking about I being grounded. <laughs> being grounded in reality. If you're grounded in reality, you know you have to show up on time, you have to pay your rent or your co-op bill and put food in the fridge mm-hmm. and have a business card. Yeah. So that those are things that I I really felt that my being in business was very helpful. That, uh, and sometimes, you know, we think we did things that were not really doing well at that time, but later on they come and help you. And um, and then, you know, always at the back of my mind was my uh, guru, Ajit, saying I'm going to write a book. So then when I was doing astrology, I thought, oh, I should uh, write. So I started doing some columns for uh, the astrological journal on Vedic astrology. I started writing and then uh, the book came out of my course. Uh, so, well, you've written uh, you know, a few books. Was, which is your favorite book that you've written? All of them are favorite, but my favorite is my first book <laughs> because that was the first one. And, uh, and what's the title uh, that of that? One? Uh, Essentials of Vedic Astrology. And people can find that on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Yeah, 
also available on Kindle and on um, in hard copy as well. So have you ever come face-to-face with obstacles in your journey to become a Vedic astrologer? And if so, how did you rebound? How did you come back from the obstacles? You know, um, there are always obstacles that come in your way, but I I, I can't think of any specifically obstacle in, um, uh, you know, uh, certainly people uh, always, they don't think that, Astrology is a kind of a profession, and uh, so people can be very critical of you uh, or biased against you without realizing that they are, you know, uh, uh, being negative to you on your face. But I never took that as an obstacle. I I, I can answer them. So if I don't well, want to, I will fight. Wasn't Isaac, was it Isaac Newton who studied astrologer and when someone made fun of him, he said, I, sir, have studied the matter, you have not? Yeah, so that is true. I did not say that. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes people are arguing for the sake of arguing. And so many times if I go, like, go to um, dinner um, with friends or go out with people, people will ask me, Oh, do you, don't you think it's all rubbish? Or don't you think it works? So I said, well, I do it, so I obviously don't think it's rubbish. Right. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, so people will be quite discriminatory against it. And, uh, you know, whereas on many things people can be politically correct, on astrology they they don't think they need to be, you know, be... So they feel kind free of, to uh, sneer when you say I'm a Vedic yeah. astrologer. They feel free to sneer because they feel like yeah. they don't have to respect that. That's yeah. not good. But now I think, yeah. But now I think because I'm quite very successful, people are quite amazed uh, at that. The ones who so they nobody sort of um, mostly people will not um, uh, criticize it, but they will still, you know, the, the whole thing with astrology is that. Uh, people only connect with it on a sun sign astrology basis or, you know, so they they don't realize the deep wisdom that comes with astrology. It doesn't matter what astrology it is. It's not something you can learn in a day. It takes years and years of learning. Oh, no, when I found out, when I found Mm -hmm. out I had a Virgo rising in the Vedic system, it was like, it was like an awakening because it just made sense Mm -hmm. of so many things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many multi-layered approach, you know. So like you have Virgo, so then that's very analytical. It's very good for writing, for speaking, you know. But you want perfection, and uh, so you know that this is the thing that you in astrology is a master tool to make you understand yourself, and then you can live your life in harmony with whatever life is throwing. At you because we will all have positive and challenging aspects to our life. Nobody has it all one, you know. Life is not one-dimensional, and that's what it makes life interesting because we have so many different layers to our personality. Uh, well, so, who inspires you? Who are your models? Mm-hmm. You know, many people inspire me, and uh, I would uh, say uh, my mother inspires me a lot because she was the one who was, uh, you know, gave me all the confidence and courage to be different. And then um, from 
you know, uh, there's too many people to name as such, really, that uh, at different stages I meet great souls and great thinkers. And um, so maybe I think um, in a spiritual realm, Swami Shivananda, who was a great spiritual teacher, he inspires me. Um, You know, in Vedic astrology, um, one of the great uh, exponents, David Frawley, who's a friend of mine, he inspires me. He has, uh, you know, taken the subject of all the various Vedic sciences and written books on them and been a great inspiration. And now he's recognized in India as well to be one of the great uh, modern-day thinkers. I think uh, people who... Um, follow their uh, love and inspiration and are willing to go against, uh, you know, corporate tradition. Uh, I would say you inspire me. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You know, you are making so much effort and making uh, availability of this thing being unconventional, I think. Uh, That's what is there I, I want I like uh, pe- uh, people who are uh, not always um, compromising their life. So they don't have to be famous or well-known, but they can still be inspirational. And that is what happens in all our lives. We don't have to necessarily have a famous person to inspire us, but uh, people who are going against the grain, you know, despite obstacles uh, uh, being victorious uh, in their life. That is what is inspirational. And where do you see, I don't know if I could call it your career, but sort of your life with Vedic astrology in five years, Mm -hmm. in 10 years, and in 20 years, where do you see it evolving to? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, I don't have like a grand plan of what I'm going to do. But I definitely want to write more books and uh, to be, you know, uh, hoping that more and more people are inspired by the subject, more and more people are uh, learning. And uh, I'm hoping that my students become great uh, uh, astrologers as well. That would be my 20-year vision or 10-year vision, uh, that uh, my students would also be uh, in their own right, um, great astrologers. Yes, you're a wonderfully supportive teacher. What do you have mm-hmm. upcoming? Can you start to tell us about where people can find out more about you, what you have upcoming, are there places you're lecturing, and talk some about your webinars? Yeah, I'm, um, you know, um, you can get me at comela.com, so K-O-M-I, com. That's got all my information, uh, all the programs. So um, I do many things as part of my work. Uh, so uh, every year I take a group of uh, like-minded people to India. And uh, this year we are doing uh, temples that are specifically connected to Rahu Ketu, the shadowy planet. Uh, when is that so trip? A, that, that is in January. And is that um, full, or can people still sign up for it? People can still sign up. Actually, the early bird is 20th of July. So that is the immediate uh, program that I'm 
And tell tell my listeners, tell them why Rahu and Ketu are important. Rahu, Ketu are shadow planets. They deal with our psychology, fears, with our uh, past life issues, what we bring into this life, what we want to achieve. So they're very key planets in the chart. And uh, uh, in India, the belief has always been that if there are some uh, planets, especially these two, which are deal with us shadows and psychology, it's important to visit the uh, specialist temples are there that are dedicated to these energies. So we can uh, go and visit them and clear our mind and um, let go of the negativity that sometimes the planets can bring. So the idea of the trip is to see these astrologically, see these temples. And there are three important temples that we'll be visiting. But next year, in 2016, there's another important event that's taking place. Uh, that Rahu, which is the north node of the moon, and Jupiter are conjoining together. And so that is what was the inspiration behind this trip, that um, Jupiter, which represents conventional wisdom, and Rahu is this psychological energy that can be disturbing or can be um, dissatisfied with whatever the status quo is. They're coming together. So that's a, a little bit of complicated planet. So I thought that I will do a trip that addresses this transit. Uh, so we are also going to visit a Jupiter temple on the way in this trip. Uh, so I've been doing the trip since 1999. I have a lot of expertise on it, and it's not something you can find anywhere else. Uh, and then along with the trip, I'm doing the conference, uh, which I've been supporting. And it's a specifically my conference is about fresh talents of Jyotish, so people who are new speakers. And even I have great masters of India who are part of this, but they are also, uh, I'm encouraging younger uh, uh, Indian masters that people haven't discovered before so that people can get to know new talents and new people. And, of course, my te- my students who have studied under me. And so then that, annually... All this is information is on com. That's right. And then annually, if you, pe- if you want to study, uh, then March is the time. So you can plan now because in March I start my courses. I do everything by webinar, so wherever you are, you can um, be with me and study this wonderful subject. Um, So March onwards, there's a foundation course that's a beginner's course, and then we go more advanced. Uh, Also, part of the course is that I look at your chart, so not only you're studying the topic, you're also getting to know your own chart. So it's like a one-year-long consultation. <laughs> it's very good. It works very well. And I've been doing the webinars. As I told you, I've been teaching for 20 years. But webinars, now I think it's my fifth year, fourth year or fifth year. So, uh, you know, it's... I think they're wonderful. The most- your, your webinars, really, I like the ones you do that are topical, too. Like at the beginning of the year, you do, you know, the Planets of 2015 webinar. I like that very much. Yeah, I do that once a year, always at the beginning of the year. And then I have all the social media. If you go Comela Sutton, you can find me. I write on that as well. You know, I put up uh, planets, what is happening. 
And uh, I've seen and some then, on YouTube too, right? Yeah, on YouTube as well. And um, so, you know, all these uh, and consultations, of course, you just can look up on the web page and connect with me directly. I'm here. I travel quite a bit because I get to be invited to all sorts of conferences and things. So, But I'm here till middle of um, September just now. So um, I'm available for consultation as well. So I really encourage so anyone who's listening to go get a consultation with you because your consultations are amazing. Mm-hmm. And so they've been wonderful you. for me. <laughs> thank so you so we, much. we only have a couple of minutes left, so um, I just want to ask a few questions. What's a fun fact that people might not know about you? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm human, and people sometimes, you know, I just enjoy life. I I want to um, do, I, I love movies. I like to go out, uh, meet friends. Um, people tend to think I'm only, all the time working, but I'm not. <laughs> and what do you do in your spare time? Spare time, I like um, yoga. I like to go, I like to see movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I like. Yeah. Well, I really am grateful that you came on the show and you you know, there's so many things I didn't get to ask because we just ran out of time. Maybe we should do a show where you talk about kind of the planets going on because I had hoped to ask you some of those questions and we're we're just out of time. But thank you. You're amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? No, I just appreciate you listening and uh, being part of the show and maybe we should do uh, uh, more nearer the new year we should do when the people are looking to see what's happening in 2016. That's great. Uh, we could we could do that. Yeah. So and thank you. Keep up this wonderful uh, forum. I think you're doing a great job, Tracy. Thank you for inviting me so much. Thank you, Camilla. Thank you very much. You've been wonderful. And I would like to encourage all my listeners to go to Camilla.com to learn more about you and your work. And listeners, you can find out more about Camilla at Camilla.com. That's K-O-M-I-L-L-A.com. And to everyone who's listening, thanks so much for joining us. Please come back next week on Thursday, July 16th at 1 p.m. as artist and writer and publisher and sculptor Augustine Linus, known as Jerry, but if you're friendly with him, you call him Linus, talks about art and book life. And I just want to say that this um, this radio interview of Camilla Sutton will be available online through the archive pages, but also through my iTunes podcast. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening in, and tune in next time. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.